Lord know how to bring a preacher on. You know, I really, I really, really. Yes, sir. I feel uplifted. Amen. And I feel comfortable here. Yes, sir. At the East, East Baltimore yes. Church of Christ. And I'm so thankful to God for his goodness, his mercy, his love, and his kindness. I'm so thankful for this opportunity that I have to speak a word for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to thank uh, the leadership here, Brother Bathia and those who are, are behind him. Yes, and I hope Amen. that's everybody here. Amen. As you do the work that God has assigned for us Amen. to do. Yeah. We have our work cut out. Yes. Because sin is running rampant Amen. all around us. Amen. Amen. But I'm here to speak a word for the Lord. And I recognize that the power is in God. You can do what you want. But I'm telling you, we have to come before God and we're going to have to give an answer. My Bible says in Romans chapter number 14, as I live, saith the Lord, that every knee, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Do what you want. But you can rest assured that you are going to have to answer to God for whatever you have done. Amen. Now, I just can't say enough about... Um, this great crowd that we have here, and there might be somebody here who has never obeyed the gospel. Go ahead, son. You need to do something this, this morning. Amen. That's right. Amen. Because we need to recognize when we understand, we hear the gospel, uh -huh. and when we understand it, yes, sir. that's right, yes, sir. then we need to do something about it. And my Bible says, and I'm sure that your Bible says the same thing. Yeah. Today, God says, if you will hear my voice, that's right, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart, that's what he says, don't harden your heart, your heart, that's right, yield to God, and that's what we're going to be expecting. I'm kind of just calmed down a little bit, so I can, uh, I'll get into my lesson, but, um, I want to read 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 first, and I'm just trying to calm down right now. That's right. Okay. Paul the Apostle, here in this first epistle, an epistle is a letter. I'm passionate about the truth, and I want to explain things so that you cannot say 
we didn't tell you. Yes. Amen. 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 Here, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, a young evangelist. Yes, sir. That's right. And he tells him, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, he sets supplications, I exhort this, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made. And notice what he says, to, for all men. This is an all men gospel that I am preaching. It applies to you, and it applies to me. It applies to us, our parents, and everybody we know. That's right. That's right. It's an all-people gospel. We even have to pray for kings and for presidents. Amen. And for all that are in authority, that we may live a quiet and a Peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And he says, in the sight of God, he said, this is good. For this is good. And this is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. And here it is. He said, he will have, or who will have, all men to be saved and to come unto the, uh, unto the knowledge of the truth. Uh, I heard somebody say, and you shall know the truth. That's what we need. And the truth shall set you free. Amen. And so having run this through my mind, and I want to run it through your mind, I want to talk about what God gave us to save us. He wants to save us. Who does he want to be saved? He wants you back there in the back. And I hope you can hear me. You're in the middle and you're in the front. All of us. He wants us to be saved. He made us. And we messed up. But he made us. Then he decided that he's going to save us. Amen. Now, just a, a little bit of talk. I want to talk just to break the ice, and there's no ice here. But in case there is any, Sister Assembly is here with me. Amen. And on Friday, we took a ride to Pennsylvania. Now, I wanted to, I wanted to sit home and study, but... Sister Assembly, uh, she needed some quality time with me. <laughs> She's my girl. <laughs> All right. And uh, I said, you know, God's going to help me with this lesson. I said, I might not have all the time that I want to spend in studying it. But I said, I'm going to take Sister Assembly to Pennsylvania. And so we rode up there. And, uh, you know, I've been, um, um, my report card, my home report card isn't too good. <laughs> That's right. Um, it was bad. 
She said, uh, you know, you don't um, communicate. Some of the, sometimes um, we have that problem. Amen. Somebody else here can say amen to that. That's right. And uh, you don't communicate enough. And I said, this will be a chance for me to communicate. Amen. And so we were headed up to Dutch country. And while we were riding, she sitting over there, and I said, Sister Assembly, I said, I have an idea. I have a lesson in my mind. I said, I have some thoughts about what I can say that will help or edify everybody that I speak to. And when I go to East Baltimore, I want to build them up. That's what edify means. We have the edifice, which is a building. And as God's people, we are God's edifice. And we are God's building. And I say, I want to build them up. Amen. Inspire them. Lift them up. Amen. And so I said, uh, with this uh, subject that I have, God, what God gave to us, I said, do you have any, can you contribute to this lesson? Yeah. What did God give us, Sister Assembly? And then she started talking. I said, get some paper back there. We stopped, I pulled up, and got a piece of paper, and I said, we're going to start writing down some things. We're going to work this out together. Uh, we're going to talk about what God gave us to save us. Amen. You see, because on my report card, as far as talking or communication, and I'm an introvert. I don't talk that much. Amen. And she talks quite a bit. Amen. She talks a lot, in fact. She loves to talk. Amen. And so I was, um, I was saying, you know what she's going to give me on communication? She's going to give me a D. So I got a D on my report card, and I'm trying to change that. Amen. And then uh, in home ec, uh -oh. <laughs> now, I might do a little better. I might get a C in home ec, doing things around the house. But I'm working on it. Amen. And in gym, uh, I think I, I got a zero. <laughs> you see, Sister Assembly, she goes to Life Bridge, and she swims up and down. And she's been trying to get me to go over there. Now, I can swim, but I haven't been going with her lately. And so that's gym. That's physical exercise or whatever. And I got a zero there, and my report card isn't good. That's right. And I got a zero because I haven't been to the gym I don't know when. I'm failing flat, and I want to change my report card. Amen. In math, nothing is adding up. <laughs> and so I'm going to keep working on it with Sister Semley. But Sister Semley is a lovely wife. Amen. And, and she's supporting me. In fact, uh, Sister Semley has done a lot of work in, in, in the Baltimore area in, in teaching people and instructing them. Amen. In fact, um, some years ago, and we were talking about that in the office, Brother Bethia and myself, um, 
she was teaching somebody a group, and she was telling a lady about the one body and the one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, the one Lord, the one faith, and the one baptism. And that lady became so angry. And yet it's right there in the Bible. People get angry with what God has to say. Amen. All right. And so to the point, can you believe this, that she wanted to fight Sister Assembly. Amen. But Sister Assembly sticks right to it. And at this very day, she's a member of the Church of Christ. Amen. That's right. Now, you don't fight them. We don't fight them with our fists or razor blades or we don't shoot people in the head. Amen. And all of that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Mighty yes. through God to the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds of sin. That's right. We have the word of God. The word of God is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul, spirit, joint, and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of men's hearts. And so Sister Sam is a great personal worker. And so she helped me to put this lesson together. Now, if this lesson isn't good, then we blame Sister Sam. <laughs> no, I'm just having fun. I, I think we need to, we need to, that's right, we need to have fun even as we preach the gospel of Christ. I'm serious and compassionate about the word of God, but, but I have fun. Amen. That's right, because the word of God is good. Yeah. Amen. Now, I'm going to skip a lot of things because I want to go on. I think I'm still on probation, though, but I'm going to get off of probation soon. I'm still in boot camp. But 2 Timothy, chapter number 2, I just want to read that. And I wanted to impress upon the, uh, to, to push in the idea that God wants us all to be saved. And so he gives us good information. Here in 2 Timothy 2 and 22, he tells us, and this applies to all of us as children of God and people who want to go to heaven. And um, it says, flee also, flee means run from. If you see something that's a youthful lust, amen, even if you're old, you have to flee youthful lust. But follow, he tells us what to follow. Follow righteousness. He says faith. We need faith. If we're going to finish our course with joy yes, and the ministry that we have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us we need love. Yes. We need some love among ourselves. Yes. 
reason that Sister Assembly puts up with me is because she told me, and you told me that. She told me the other day, I love you. She said, you're still not communicating, though. <laughs> Amen. That's right, but she loved me, so she put up with me, right? Okay. Charity, peace. We need some peace with them that call on the Lord, and he says, out of a pure heart. And he tells us, as those of us who are God's people, make up his church, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender stripes. They bring about conflict. And the servant of the Lord, I want us to keep that in mind because it may come up later. The servant of the Lord must not strive. That's right. But be gentle unto who is the all men ministry. This is to everybody. It's not just to some people. He must be gentle unto all men. He must be able to teach. And that means you have to learn yourself. You cannot teach others what you do not know. Amen. Apt to teach and patient. In meekness, the Bible says, instructing those that oppose themselves. Some people are against themselves. Amen. They oppose their own selves. If God pre-adventure, and God is a God who gives, that's my subject, what God gave to us to save us. If God pre-adventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves. And he says, out of the snare, the devil has all kinds of traps. That's what a snare is. He says, out of the snare of the devil who are taken by cap taken captive by him at his will. The devil is just having free run. And some of us just give right on into him. That's right. When you don't obey the gospel, you're letting the devil keep you. That's right. And you ought not let the devil keep you. That's right. And so that's my subject. God really wants us, all of us, to be saved. Who does he want to be saved? He wants you to be saved. He wants your children to be saved. He wants your children's children to be saved. He wants your neighbors to be saved. He wants their children to be saved. He wants your boss, your house. Keeper, your dentist, your doctor, your friends, family, and your foes. The Bible says God would have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He said, take heed unto yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in so doing, you shall save both yourself. Number one, and those who hear you. And we need to uh, be speaking out so folk can hear us. And the Bible says you can save both yourself 
and those who hear you. I think my Bible says in Acts, the second chapter, save yourself from this untoward generation. That's right. Okay. All right, moving on. And I have to slow, keep it slow a little bit. Amen. Spouses. Spouses. And I know they're working on that here because we have a problem in the church. Sometimes, you know, the uh, least little thing happens. And we just get married sometimes. We had not together six months. Amen. And we are talking about separating and all that. And, and I don't want no more of you and all of that. Amen. Spouses are to work together. I want to save myself, yes, sir. but Sister Sam is my wife, and I want to help to save her, too. That's right. That's right. That's right. Don't give up on her, and I pray she doesn't give up on me. Well, you can read about that in, uh, in the Corinthian letter, 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. Amen. We need to... Put our energy. That's right. If you're a married person, put your energy, effort in trying to help each other to go to heaven. That's right. And somebody said, well, he's impossible. You heard that. He's impossible. You are too sometimes. Amen. Or she's impossible. I just can't do anything. You can try. Put your effort and your energy, because Paul here in 1 Corinthians, just notice what he says. I'm going to turn there to the 7th chapter, and uh, the verse is verse number 16. He said, what do you know? Or what knowest thou? Now, we don't know. It's so much that we don't know. But God is telling us to stay together. Amen. He said, what knoweth you? What do you know? We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when we are going to die. We don't know what kind of fruit other than if it's the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We don't know. Amen. Somebody said it was an apple. And the Bible doesn't say that. But what do you know? He says, oh, wife first. Whether thou shalt do what? He says, save your husband. Amen. If you be patient, we talked about able to teach, and we teach by example as well as by word. What you say, that's right. Some of our mouths, amen, what we say is so ugly. That's right. Thank you, brother. Amen. And uh, we don't put forth our best effort in trying to smooth things out and come to some resolve, some solution to help each other. And then he says, he addresses, and how knowest thou? He said, you don't know. How do you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, whether thou shalt do what? So what, what are the things that God has given us right here? He's given us a spouse. That's right. 
And that's order, in order to help us to, or to save us. Because if you don't do what God says, both of you might be lost. Amen. Amen. Both of you. That's right. Amen. And so the first thing that we have here, what know you? What do you know whether you should save your wife? And I'm going to look at um, some other things, but I want this to sink in. Amen. That we, we need to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. Yes, sir. Right? If it has nothing to do with marriage, we still need to know, know how to behave yourself. Because you are a Christian. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as a busybody or as an evil person or as a busybody in other men's matters. In other words, he's telling us in so many words, uh, mind your own business. Amen. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, a Christian is one who has obeyed the gospel of Christ. Don't be ashamed. That's right. Just keep on doing that. And so God has given us a spouse, amen, to help us to be saved. Let's look at some other things uh, that I've listed here. God has given us history. He's given us history. He's given us, most of us are familiar with three dispensations of biblical history. Some of us know it. We can just ring it out. He's given us the patriarchal age. Amen. And we can look at that age and we can find in that age people of faith who serve as examples to us that we can emulate the example that we get from the patriarchal age. My Bible said whatsoever things were written of full time. They were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. That's right. To those of you who are hopeless right now, I just don't have no hope. Look in the scriptures. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who needeth not to be ashamed. Handling a right or rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. In the Bible. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about the word of truth. I'm not talking about the watchtower. I'm not talking about the manual. I am not talking about the discipline. I am talking about the word of God, the Bible. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read for this will not fail you. That's what God says, Isaiah 34 and verse number 16. He gives us three Period. The second one, what, is the Mosaical Age. 
And the third is the Christian age. But within these ages, God gives us 14 periods. 14 more periods. You can break it down to smaller segments. In that first age, there are at least three or four. I'm going to look at it myself, kind of. I got it in my mind, the antediluvian period. You have the post-diluvian period. You have the period of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. After that, you have the period of uh, bondage in Egypt. Amen. And after that, you have the period of wandering, where they wandered. In each of these periods, the 14 of them, there is something that you can lift out of those periods to help you to live for God. Because there are people in each of these periods who were people of faith. And my Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Somebody said, there is no God. The Bible said in Psalm 14 and 1, that the fool has said that there is no God. I saw this morning on my way here the evidence of God. Where? My wife pointed out and said, there's clouds up there. There's clouds up there. And I, I looked at them and I, I started smiling because I, I remember Nahum. Chapter number one and verse number three. You know what Nahum, Nahum said? The clouds are the dust of God's feet. That's the dust. I saw the dust of God's feet. There's a whole lot of clouds. I said, God walking today. Amen. Or he either running. But I see the dust. From God's feet. There's a God. Amen. All right. And so we have that those periods. Period of wandering. The period of conquest. You have the period of the judges. Amen. After that, I just had these PGs and all like that. The period of the judges. He had the period of the United Kingdom when Israel was together. And God is telling us that we need to stay together. Amen. As people of God, we need to be together. Amen. That's right. Okay, the period of the divided, then they divided. Israel, God's people, divided. Amen. And after that, the period of uh, bondage or captivity. Captivity, captivity in, uh, in Babylon. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. And after that, oh, what do we have? The period of 
mm, of uh, is Aram. Return and restoration. The period of return, when they returned, God was merciful yes, and allowed them to return out of captivity. And after that, you have um, 400 years, 400 years between the Old and the New Testament. You remember, so what are you saying, brother? You know what I'm saying? That on God introduced to the world time. On both sides of time, you have eternity. When time ends, we have time first, before our time, but it's not before God. And then we have time after this, after this time ends. When Jesus returns, you're going to have eternity on that side. Yeah, and we are going to go somewhere. Yes, sir. We are going into eternity somewhere. Yes, sir. And there are only two places. There's a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the bottom part of this, there is a lake Amen. of fire right. and brimstone right. where somebody is going to spend eternity and I do not intend for it to be me. Amen. And I don't intend for it to be my wife. Amen. And if I can help you, I don't intend for it to be you. Amen. 4,000 years in between so far. 4,000, I mean 4,000 up to the cross. After the cross, we have lived or we have spent 2,000 and 18 years That's so right. far. Yeah. We don't know much, so we don't know when it's all going to end. Yeah. But we know when it does end, we are going into eternity yeah. to spend eternity somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. So God has given us time, yeah. hasn't he? And then he's given us all these periods of time, at least 14 periods of time. Now, I want to talk about them in just, uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Under the Mosaical age, none, no person was saved by law. Amen. No person was saved by the law or law, period. You remember in Romans chapter number 10 when Paul referred to that, he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, which suggests that they weren't saved. They weren't saved. That they might be saved. He said, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They are very zealous, but not according to knowledge. He said, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. We, we see a lot of that today where folk want to establish a means of being saved and save themselves by the means that they come up with. You can't do it. He says concerning this second middle age, 
He said the law was given by Moses. That's one system. He said, but grace and truth, which came after that in the Christian age, amen, through Jesus, amen. Grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. And I want to back up just a little bit because Jesus lived before the cross. He lived before the cross. And when you, you look at it, when Jesus walked on the earth, and we read about his ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John while Jesus was living. But we need to recognize even while Jesus was living, the power was in Jesus and not in Moses. It's in Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. My Bible says in Matthew 17 and verse number 5, God from heaven declared, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear you Him. But Moses said, Hear ye Him. Moses said this, that, or the other. But the Bible said, Hear you Him. I would say there's one God, and there is one mediator between God and men. It is the man, Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 5. Why do we need Jesus if the law could save? Why not just use the law? Nobody kept the law. Everybody broke it. How do you know? Because my Bible says, in Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as a result, God says, you have sinned, you have messed up, you deserve hell, but I'm going to give you grace and truth. So while Jesus was on earth, the Bible says, that he had power, power to forgive sins on earth. Yes. Even before he died, he could just say the word. If I wanted to, I'd say, Brother Bathia, you're saved. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Enter into paradise. Yes, sir. Amen. Just like he said to the thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. Yes, sir. It was his decision. Where does the Bible says? Where does the Bible says he has power on earth to forgive sins? Mark chapter 5 and verse number 24 in your Bible. Amen. That's it. So we need to understand that we can learn from the time. While we have time, we need to redeem the time that God gives us because the days are evil. And so God gave us the church age. We're living in that right now. When he built the church, didn't you remember over there in Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, which means at the time that he said it, the church had not been built. He said, I'll build it. In Acts, the second chapter, the Bible said in verse 47, praising God, 
And having favor in all, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. All of the saved were in the church. There was nobody. And he says the church, not a church or my church or your church or somebody's church. But he says in the church. What is the church? My church of Matthew 16 and 18. Paul later, he said, the churches of Christ. He's telling you what they were. In Revelation, there were seven churches. The church at Ephesus. The church at Smyrna. The church at Pergamos. The church at Laodicea. The church at Sardis. The church at Philadelphia and the church at Thyatira were all churches of Christ. They were my church. That's it. That's it. We need to be in the church of Christ. The one body that God has given. That's what God gave us. He gave us time to get into the church. Somebody say, well, I don't have all these 4,000 years and this 2,000 years in the church age. You have what you have. Amen. And if you have any time, if God has given you time, you have enough time to get into the church and you need to do it. In Acts, the second chapter, the Bible talks about that great gathering at Jerusalem that God set up. The Bible said, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, in Cappadocia, in Pontus, in Asia, Figura and Pamphylia, in Egypt and parts of Libya, about Serene, strangers, Rome, Jews and proselytes, Greeks and Arabians, Greeks uh, and Arabians were gathered there. But the only saved ones of them were those that the Lord added to the church. Amen. All right. And so God gave them in the Mosaic age, nobody was saved by virtue of obeying the law of Moses. In the church age, we've got to obey Jesus. That's when Jesus came. God gave all of this. When you look at it, the Bible says in Mark, I'm going to read this for you, that Jesus, last of all, he sent person after person to the Jews and to humanity in order to save humanity. And he gave them time. We have time. And if we don't have time, we need to take time. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, let's, let's look at this. Mark, chapter number 12. We're going to see what God is doing, how God is so interested. God didn't make us to lose us. Right. Amen. Right. But here he goes. A certain man planted a vineyard. Yes, sir. Mark 12 and 1. Set a hedge about it. 
digged a place for the wine fat, yeah, built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen. And he went into a far country. He went into a far country. And at the season, here it is, God sent to the husbandman a servant that he might receive from the husbandman of the fruit of the vineyard. God wants fruit. He's looking for some fruit. Amen. You know what they did? They caught him and beat him up and sent him away with nothing. The Bible said again, he sent unto them another servant. And what I'm trying to show you is that God sends folk. He uses people. He sent somebody to me when I was in England. And uh, when, the, when this individual was going to show me the gospel of Christ and point out certain things from the Bible, I, I, I went. I wanted to hear. That's right. I responded. That was an opportunity. But again, he sent unto them another servant. And at him they cast stones. Can you see that? You come and try to bring me truth and I throw stones at you. And wounded him in the head. And sent him away shamefully handled. Beat him all up. And again, he sent another and him they killed. And the Bible said many others. Beating some and killing some. Having yet. You know what God has given us to save us? Love. God so loved the world that he gave. God gave it to us. What God gave to save us. His only, only, his only begotten son. Jesus was different from everybody else. This was his only special begotten son. And here in the text, verse number six, having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also, and notice what he said, last, last unto them, saying, these folk, they're going to reverence my son. They're going to reverence him. They're going to love him. They're going to treat him right. But those husbandmen said among themselves, this is the heir. Come and let us kill him. And the inheritance shall be ours. They took him. And they killed him. And they cast Jesus out of the vineyard. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You that killed the prophets. And stone them that are sent unto you. He said, how often would I have gathered your children together? Even like a hen doth gather her chicks under her wings. 
He said, I would have taken you and took, taken you and put you under my wings because I loved you so much. Isn't that something? The Bible over and over tells us that it's under God's wings that we ought to be. That's right. In Psalms, um, in Psalms 91, amen, and verse number one, it talks about under his wings. We're going to find refuge. We're going to find a place that we can run and hide. But Jesus said you won't. Salvation today, I'm cutting this right out here. I'm moving in a different direction because this evening, I'm going to give some more of this. Amen. Amen. But I know time is moving. All right. But it's under his wings. That's right. And uh, if you get the picture, I used to work with chickens. Amen. And uh, uh, if uh, she had chicks, she would walk around. And um, if, if uh, something flew over and it spelled danger, she would say something, and all the chickens would run and come under their wings. Sometimes you have a hard-headed chicken. <laughs> Amen. And the mom had to discipline them, and she'd take her, pick him. Amen. And drag him up and get under there. Amen. Does God have to do that with us? Or will we willingly? Or will we willingly? Respond to Jesus. He said, come unto me. Doesn't he? All you that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. My Bible says, I endure all things for the elect's sakes. That they may also obtain the salvation. Where is it? It's in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy. In the same letter, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 10. Salvation is in Christ. Somebody said, well, Brother Assembly, how in the world do I get in Christ? First of all, if you're not stubborn, you'll listen. Amen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by. The word of God is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God every man therefore. Who hath heard and hath learned of the Father. He says he comes unto me. But you've got to believe it. We already talked about faith. Without faith, impossible to please him. You can't please God if you don't believe in God. And you're not willing to respond to his word. Obey it. That means obey. God could use the Red Sea. So that Israel could cross, a, cross it. You know why? Because the sea obeyed him. Right. He used the sea. Right. Opened up the sea. Right. But if you close your heart, amen, yeah. God can't use you and he can't help you. Amen. We have to repent. Have you know, Brother Assembly, because the Bible says so in the New Testament, after the cross of Christ, the Bible tells us, amen, that repentance is essential. That's right. Didn't uh, Luke 13 and 3, I tell you no, but except you repent, 
you shall all likewise perish. The Bible said at the times of ignorance, God winked at. But now he commanded all men everywhere to repent for he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. And he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised that man, Jesus, from the dead. We've got to confess our faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Acts the 8th chapter. We need to be willing to state in the face of a frowning and a criticizing world that you believe. Are you willing to do that? Step out. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And we have to be willing to submit to God's command. Not my command, but God's command to be baptized. My Bible said, go ye therefore, Jesus said, into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, number one, and is baptized, number two, shall be saved, number three. Amen. He's given us time and opportunity. I've got a lot of things that God has given us in order to help us to gain salvation. But I'm going to stop right here. Where are you? Why are you staying out there? Amen. In the world. When you can be baptized into Christ. Amen. And be safe and sound. What we are going to do is we are going to sing the Lord's invitation. I know we have a song here. And, and this song will serve to encourage you to come and submit to the five steps that God has given. Hearing, believing, repenting of your sin, confessing your faith in Jesus as the Son of God, and being baptized for the remission of your sins. You have them. You need to get rid of them. Amen. We're going to stand. We're going to sing the Savior's invitation right now. Hebrews chapter number 5, verses 8 and 9. Talks about Jesus, the Son of God, the mediator. The Bible said, though Jesus were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. And being made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. We've got obedience. In our world, they have taken obedience out. Somebody say, I believe. But my Bible said, thou believest that there is one God. You do well. But the devils also believe and tremble. You've got to get in Christ. You've got to get in the body of Christ. You've got to surrender to God. Amen. So that you might be saved. One more verse. And uh, to encourage you to come to Jesus. Amen. Lay aside.